You're listening to the OKC82 Podcast with Brady Trantham and Madison Morris. The best place for OKC Thunder basketball. A part of 1077 The Franchise Podcast Network. And just like that, our long Thunder National Nightmare is finally over. Woohoo! The Thunder snapped their four-game losing streak. By defeating the Toronto Raptors, who coming into tonight were twenty nine and seven at home, uh, they defeat the Raptors. What was it, one sixteen to one hundred nine? Largely thanks to some great three point shooting, um, great pl- great effort, great play in the second half. They outscored the Raptors sixty eight to fifty one in the second half. But we'll get into all that later. Really quick though, I'm Brady Trantham alongside Miss Madison Morris. Like always, we're attached at the hip, pretty get, much. And we got Nate Baldwin uh, back there pressing buttons, sliding knobs, uh, doing other things. I can't really see what he's doing right now, so God knows what he's doing right now. So uh, <laughs> uh, everybody, thank you so so much for tuning in to one hundred seven point seven The Franchise, one hundred seven nine in Tulsa. So this is the Thunder First Take post-game show, and you're stuck with us for the next hour, but we have a lot to talk about because this was, I mean, Madison, this was, the Thunder needed this so bad. They needed this on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. They needed it on Monday when the Miami Heat came to town, and those those wins never happened, but finally, they got a win on the road against uh, one of the more quality opponents in the league, a title contender in Toronto, and they did it in some impressive fashion, but uh, one little thing that I don't really like, but we'll get into that later, but just overall thoughts from this win tonight. I mean, I agree. I definitely think they needed this win big time. They've needed this win since the beginning of, uh, I no, sorry, the end of All-Star break. They've needed this since then because they've just been in this weird I'm not going to call it a slump because Brady and I talked about this on our podcast the other night. This isn't a slump anymore. Something was kind of wrong with this team. They just weren't playing quality basketball anymore. And so uh, coming into tonight, they needed this. They cannot pick up five straight losses. They really needed to have a dominant win to kind of finish out the season uh, on the road because they're about to have another road game before they return home on Wednesday. So just picking up this win in Toronto was so crucial for them, not just for their season, but also for this team's confidence because I think we've seen them dwindle down a little bit um not really on like a confidence side but just the way that they are playing basketball it looks completely different from the dominant fashion they were playing in January in the beginning of February maybe even uh the end of December you know it's just it looked like a totally different team and it's not just us getting on the radio kind of slamming them from look for looking different but it's the it's like the fan base is getting a little frustrated I mean everyone that I talk to because they think I have some weird inside info about how this team ticks. It's just, Madison, what is going on with this team? I'm, well, Madison, I don't you, know. You know everything. I mean, yeah, they you, tell you me know everything. everything. I go for you for all my for all of my life's problems. I mean, as you should. But especially especially my Thunder basketball insider knowledge. I mean, I don't blame you because but, I do know all things. But <laughs> I mean, you're right. I mean, I had people in my mentions at halftime saying that this team was horrible. Uh, I had one person, and you know, I'm not throwing you under the bus, but I'm just trying to give everybody kind of an idea of what Madison was talking about. Um, I but I won't name you on air. Um, I had somebody in my mentions saying the Thunder should just. They should just forfeit the rest of their, their final nine games because they're not going to win them. What? Was this quote. And like I said, the Thunder outscored the Raptors. Uh, what was it? I had that written down. Shame on me for not remembering. They outscored them 68 to 51 in the second half. And um, I guess well, before I kind of tear into this win for the kind of the bad thing, and it is kind of a bad thing, let's go ahead and talk about the good thing and how the Thunder were able to get this uh, victory on the road by a. Uh, breaking down our player of the game. 
Now, the Franchise Thunder Player of the Game, brought to you by Volkswagen of Edmond. Well, once again, I feel like I do this all the time, and I really don't mean to do this. <laughs> There's always like an obvious one that everyone's going to be talking about, because right now on, on TV, they're, they're showing Russell Westbrook highlights. Russell Westbrook played a fantastic game. He did. The Thunder don't win this game if Dennis Schroeder doesn't have the game that he had tonight. I mean, he was absolutely incredible. It was the best game Schroeder has played, I think, since pretty much he had. He's become a father. He left the Thunder. Uh, he left the team uh, two games prior to the All Star break. Of course, returned right after for that Utah victory. Hasn't really been the same since. He he went through a, a stretch pre All Star break for about a month where he was incredible scoring, shooting the three ball. Tonight he was he looked like that Dennis Schroeder. Ten of sixteen from the floor, four of seven from the three point line. Also did a very good job of navigating Toronto's defense, which is just filled with lengthy, versatile, athletic defenders, kind of like the Thunder are, mm-hmm. and set up guys, uh, set up teammates for really good open shots. He had seven assists tonight, which is, uh, sadly for Schroeder, one of his more higher outputs. I think his season high is either 9 or 11. Uh, not, not really known for his assist dishing this season. But overall, I mean, that's what the Thunder need. If if Paul George is going to be kind of s- still recovering from shoulder soreness and it takes him about a half to get going, then they need Schroeder to be that sixth man off the bench and help them with their scoring because this we, we know how far this team can go with Russ Westbrook doing the brunt of the scoring. And a lot of what Schroeder did tonight happened in the third going into the fourth quarter. So, I mean, just because of that, he's my he's my player of the game. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I definitely think that Dennis kind of did the dirty work kind of uh, right there in the middle of the game where people may not remember it as much because obviously people pay a lot of attention of who's going to close the game. And usually that is guys like uh, Russell Westbrook, who it was tonight, uh, Paul George, sometimes Jeremy Grant, if he didn't foul out. But um, yeah, Dennis Schroeder, I agree with you because he's going to be my player of the game as well just because he did a lot of the dirty work that really mattered and that really set this team up for success. And I think it was just because he, he he looked like a different player tonight. That's kind of the theme of this entire game is this team looked like a completely different team, but Dennis Schroeder looked like a different player. He was extremely athletic tonight. He had to overcome a little bit of a shakeup with his ankle. Um, he definitely took a lot of risk. He just he looked very athletic, very confident out there. And I mean, like you said, he dished out the ball a lot. He just had better court vision than usual. And he made a lot more smart shots, I feel like, because, you know, Dennis Schroeder, he's been kind of a guy, uh, kind of like Russell Westbrook, because we are always on Russell's case about taking way too many three-point attempts. But that's kind of been something Dennis has been doing also. I mean, tonight he takes seven. And Brady said this, he went four of seven from the three-point line. Those were pretty crucial. And I mean, you can look at that and say, okay, yeah, well, he missed three big deal like that's actually really good if you're going to shoot that many threes and you're going to make four of them I mean good for Dennis because yeah he just he did a lot of dirty work tonight he really took a lot of the heat uh just oh my gosh he even had a couple of blocks underneath the rim it was just it looked like a completely different Dennis Schroeder and so I mean I agree with you yeah it it looked like the Dennis Schroeder from a month and a half ago and you know this Thunder team looked like the Thunder team from a month and a half ago because they were hitting their shots and, you know, and, you know, and with Schroeder's um, seven assists, that was kind of a symptom of the overall offense from the Thunder tonight. They had 30 assists on 42 made field goals. Compare that to 20 assists from Toronto. And um, I just saw on Twitter um, from Brett Dawson from The Athletic, uh, 19 of those assists came in the second half for the Thunder. So just great ball movement. Great. They didn't panic. They got down by as much as 13 
And it really felt like it was more than that. I mean, the other night on Wednesday, I think Toronto got up by as much as 19. It kind of felt like that. It just, it felt like the same game. The Thunder would make some nice runs at the end of the first and second quarters, but then Toronto would finish really strong. I think they ended the first quarter, the Raptors, on a 15 to 9 run, and then they ended the second quarter on a 9 0 run after the Thunder got it back down to 1. It, it just kind of looked like, well, you know, Toronto's the better team, they have better players. They just they finish strong. Good teams finish, and it looked like it was going to be that until the Thunder's a started making threes and some silly threes. Yeah. We'll, but we'll get into this later. Some silly threes, and um, and also they never panicked and they just played their offense. And you know, like like we've been saying for these last few minutes, they finally played like the team that th- that we saw a month ago. And uh, it couldn't have come at a better time because yeah. with that loss on Wednesday, the Thunder dropped to the eight seed, and then of course Trey Young did his uh, Oklahoma due City due diligence Thunder, for Oklahoma. His Oklahoma City Thunder fans that still root for him that are OU fans a favor by beating Utah, which pumped um, the Thunder back up to the five seed. I don't know what's going to happen now. Funny it, how that works. it'll change tonight. The Thunder might be the four; they might be the five still. I don't know, but we'll probably update you later on the show. But yeah, Madison, just really, really. Really impressive tonight. I cannot understate how big this win was, and uh, the Thunder needed it. And you know, I put on Twitter, like, "Hey, you know, tweet me some, um, tweet me some thoughts, and I'll, we'll read them on air." And so, you know, while we have a few more minutes, I guess we can take care of this right now. Um, let's see, Nick Classen at Nick Classen says, "I'm encouraged by the win from the standpoint of the uh, playing a team in consecutive games is how playoff basketball works." And Billy Donovan made adjustments um, to get the win. I completely agree with that. Madison, I was actually talking to you about this, um, I think, on Wednesday on our podcast mm-hmm. on how I like these kind of regular season back-to-backs because it does give you either as a, as a coaching staff, as a roster, or even with us in the media or fans, it gives you kind of a chance to see how a team reacts to a more in-depth scouting report. Because right. you know, when teams are playing each other in the regular season and you get Miami on a Monday night, you're not putting you know, day's effort into trying to figure out how to stop Goran Dragic coming off the bench. You just know, okay, this is what this guy does. This is what that guy does. Stop them. With a regular season back-to-back, you have to put a little bit more effort into your scouting and understand how to de- um, to um, develop, how to make adjustments. And the Thunder adjusted um, really nicely from Wednesday to Friday. Yeah. One big adjustment was they hit their free throws, even though I think, what, they only took... <laughs> they only had 14, so they didn't have that. They didn't have a chance to miss 15 or 16 like they did on Wednesday <laughs> night. But yeah, I mean, Nick, you're exactly right. I mean, I agree. It's uh, it's kind of nice for us. It, it's nice for us. It's nice for fans. I I think I think fans have enjoyed this. But um, yeah, Madison, it was fun. It was a good no, game. It, it was. It really was fun. And I mean, something that's been frustrating me about this team, uh, especially. I guess after All Star break is just the way that they set themselves up on the offensive side of the ball because they have these opportunities. And Brady was kind of talking about this during the game is when they get a good steal or they get a good block or they just have like a really good opportunity to take the ball away from Toronto or whoever else they're playing. And then they just, they don't make smart decisions on the offensive side. They just jack up really junk shots. They have a lot of wasted possessions. And that's just been something that I've been noticing a lot from this team and it's just become a little bit frustrating but the funny thing about tonight is that it actually kind of worked for them uh because i mean like we said they they did better tonight they took 43 three-point attempts yeah which is insane now look look but (laughs) i think i think you and i are of the same mind here 
Um, hey, if you make 20 of those 43, great. Yeah, that's better than, the, I, I don't know. The sad thing is, is the Thunder are in the bottom half, well in the basement of uh, in terms of teams ranked yeah. in three-point shooting. So um, this team has been accused of, rely, of relying too much on the three-point shot. And Paul George has kind of talked about that at times. Billy Donovan has talked about it, but kind of skirted the issue here and there because he understands he's got guys that are capable of knocking these shots down. And even guys that aren't three-point shooters like Dennis Schroeder, um, as of right now, you know, if you just look at his career percentages, Terrence Ferguson and even Russell Westbrook. But, you know, Russ and Schroeder, they're prime scorers in the NBA. So they, they can make things happen even when it when all the numbers tell you otherwise. So it's kind of hard to, I guess, coach or police that out of your uh, out of your offense. But yeah, in the beginning of the game, my mindset was the Thunder are, you know, 45% from the three-point line. It's masking a lot of what's going on right now because Toronto has dominated the first half, but it re- they never cooled down, which was the good thing because they needed it. They needed every single three-pointer to fall, and, and luckily for them, it did tonight. Yeah, and I mean... I guess, like, my frustrations when it comes to the Thunder doing that is when it doesn't fall for them. I mean, yeah, like I kind of said, it was working for them tonight. It's just really setting yourself up to do the, the right thing, the smart thing when you're on the offensive side of the ball. And, yeah, I guess that worked. But, I mean, yeah, Brady, overall, this really was a fun game. It was kind of fun to see uh, the Thunder go back to January Thunder and have people get on Twitter and be like, oh, gosh, like, where what's going on? Like, who are these people? Like, who who replaced this team at halftime? I mean, it was just kind of nice and refreshing because, I, I mean, I'm not going to say I wrote this team off at the beginning of the game, but I really just kind of saw a fifth straight loss coming. I, I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I mean, I agree, and I actually felt like I was um, the un- I was I thought I was actually being a little unlucky for the Thunder because I rolled into the station to watch the game, and I'm wearing a Vancouver Grizzlies hat, <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, Vancouver's in Canada. Oh, the th- oh god, Uh-oh. they're in Canada. This right is now. my fault, Thunder Nation. My bad. Um, well, I guess it worked to your advantage because they actually won. <laughs> well, I, I mean, yeah, good for the Thunder, and uh, it's much more interesting. Your hat. It's much more interesting to write about um, something different than hey, the Thunder lost their fifth fifth straight game. So now I get to write about something more interesting. A something win. a little bit more intriguing and uh, uplifting. Really quick before we go to break, uh, let's read one more. Uh, little Kiwi, friend of the podcast, always asks us some good questions. Um, where does this rank among wins this season? It's actually a good question because I haven't really had a chance to di- to digest that because I'm still kind of shocked that the Thunder won this game considering how Toronto dominated so much, even in the third quarter um, when the Thunder started making their run and started pulling away in the fourth. Um, I mean, it's certainly up there. Um, the Utah and double overtime, uh, any of the Portland wins, any of the uh, Utah wins for that matter. Right. Uh, Golden State earlier on in the year, even though uh, Steph Curry, I believe, didn't play. Uh, Houston, that 28-point comeback on the road. I mean, it's certainly up there. It has to be a top five, top, top six top six win. Yeah. And it's just it's just another example of how, this, how schizophrenic this team is. They can look terrible for long stretches of either in a game mm-hmm. or – for a few weeks in terms of losing games, but then they can turn around and just beat Toronto at, you know, on the road, which, right. you know, hasn't happened that frequently this year. Yeah. And, uh, per the thunder, the Milwaukee bucks are the only other team or is the only t- other team. Wow. Grammar is the only team. And they have 16, uh, to have more 10 plus point comebacks this season. So rock on. Th- this is, this this is what this team has done since last They're year. They're all about the comebacks, and right especially now. since Game Five in Oklahoma City against Utah last year, when they were down what twenty four points, mm-hmm. twenty five points, and they came back bad. and won that huge game uh, in in the postseason. This team, you, it's it's in, 
almost impossible to destroy this team unless you have five future Hall of Famers on, in your starting five if you're Golden State. <laughs> um, it's it's near impossible in Toronto. I mean, the Thunder almost came back and, and stole a win from the clutches of defeat on Wednesday. Yeah. If um, if Paul George doesn't foul out, how, who knows how that overtime goes. Uh, the Thunder didn't score their first bucket in, in that overtime loss until about the 32nd mark. Right. So, um, yeah. And, you know, still, some there are some bad things to talk about from this win, even though it's such a big win. Another Thunder player fouled out. That has continued to be a problem for this team, is the fouling. But we will, of course, get into that get into that and a bunch more um yeah as you can tell we're all a little like well the thunder i can't believe the thunder won like we're i still had in i had to delete no, all my kidding, um but... like my hot takes about how broken this team was yeah. um but uh we will get into all that all the some more silly stuff and be sure to tweet us at madison morris that's at m-a-d-y-s-s-o-n morris on twitter uh at brady does sports for me just three words brady does sports uh be sure to tweet us we'll read some tweets and some thoughts and some questions on air and do our best to answer them but uh you are listening to uh, 107.7 the franchise 107.9 in tulsa this is the thunder first take post game show welcome back to the oklahoma city thunder first take thunder post game show presented by totallytickets.com on 107.7 the franchise and 107.9 the franchise tulsa what are you dancing about now madison Keep going. No, I'm done. <laughs> I kind of embarrassed myself with that one. Nate knows this is my jam, though. Well, um, don't go Adam Levine Super Bowl halftime show on us. We want you to have your job still. <laughs> 107.7 The Franchise, 107.9 in Tulsa. This is the Thunder First Take Post Game Show, just like the uh, voice told us a few seconds ago. Aww. Brady Trantham, Madison Morris, Nate Baldwin. Nate, how you doing? I didn't get a ch- ch- chance to say hi to you. How I'm you doing? doing well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, been off for a little while, so it's kind of nice to get back. Uh, for back uh, in the rhythm. For Thunder fans' personal knowledge, Nate showed up at about two minutes left in the third quarter, and from then on, it was like all Thunder. So, uh, Nate, good me- luck charm. <laughs> you start bringing you to the arena, or these Thunder fans will kill me on Twitter if I keep telling them that the Nate Thunder just lost. go sit outside of Chesapeake and like wait until the game's over, and we'll just see what happens. Just keep uh, bringing me a couple of beers. I won't. Yeah, I won't we'll bring you some pizza yeah, on a stick. There you go couple of it in Vanessa Beer House. Absolutely. Oh, man, that was fun. That was a fun show on Saturday. Vanessa's awesome. We'll have a fun show tomorrow because I believe on the Basketball Insider Show from 10 to noon on 107.7 The Franchise, 107.9 Tulsa, um, there will be no Jerry Ramsey. Woo! Oh, it's it's like the substitute teacher's in, the TV gets rolled out onto the car. Gosh, you, that was the best. You, me, John Ham. we're just going to have fun. Tomorrow. I honestly don't think it gets any better than that, guys. Yeah, Jerry won't be there with like a whip screaming at us in between <laughs> commercial breaks. It's going to be great. Making us fetch him coffee. But you know what else is great? The Thunder finally won a game. That is great. And what seems like... An eternity. I mean, right. they were only on a four-game losing streak, and yes, they're like five and fifteen in their last however many games that is. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, like this is the third time this season that this team has gone on a four-game losing streak, and honestly, I felt like this one was the most painful. Not really from a fan stance, but like just looking at this team and seeing them win or win like as much as they were able to and win good games uh, before the All-Star break, but then come back and just go absolutely cold and then now pack, uh, pick up this four-game losing streak, you're kind of looking at this like, what in the world? Like, what is this team? Because I say this all the time to Brady, but like, we are so 
so I mean, we know the te- or the talent on this team. We know what they have to offer. We know everything that these guys are capable of doing on the court. And then when they come out and they just do not perform and they let other teams just walk all over them, not like mediocre teams. I mean, these are good teams. The Thunder have gone, have gone up against really good teams uh, recently. But, I mean, still, it's just it's frustrating because you know how talented these guys are. And it's just kind of like a, well... I mean, there's another loss. I guess they're just going to have to pick up and learn from this one. Maybe maybe tomorrow will be a new day. Who yeah, knows? yeah, I mean, this team has looked, I mean, quite frankly, they've looked broken the last few right. weeks. I mean, you know, yeah, the Thunder lost a handful of games pre-All-Star break, and they went through some bad stretches. The 0-4 start, the four losses in five-game stretch when they lost to the Lakers at home without LeBron, or um the Atlanta Hawks where the Thunder just did not care to play basketball that evening <laughs> um basketball they, they, they certainly looked bad at times but they were always able to rebound and then get back they were, to playing they how, could like pick themselves yeah, up they were always able to get back to playing to their strengths and playing to their identity you know for about a five to seven game stretch and it's just like oh okay that was just kind of a bad little funk this was much worse than a funk this was a uh I mean I mean, it was a funk. It was a disco. It was a jam. It was it was so all, much all the words. And I don't want to put too much on a regular season win, but there was so much writing on this game just because. Yeah. Um, and actually, I'll, I'll go ahead and read this thought from another friend of the podcast, um, the OKC eighty two podcast. That is subscribe to it, um, iTunes, Google Play, because you're Stitcher. listening to it right now. Yeah, you are technically listening to it right Congrats. now. Congrats! But our uh, good friend Ben Noble that asks uh, really great questions. Uh, makes the point that this team really seemed to have put in a lot more effort on both sides on the floor, assuming that they will do so, um, do the same until the end of the regular season. Is there a concern for fatigue or burnout right before the playoffs? Um, I would say no, just because this team has always shown the ability to kind of what I was talking about. When they go through those funks, they would turn it back on and then remind you of how great they are or how great they can be. And it's because this team is so youthful and energetic and athletic. And, you know, th- their, their main guys, Paul George, Russell Westbrook, Stephen Adams, they're all in their primes. Russell is, of course, 30. Paul, late 20s. Stephen Adams, mid-20s. Everybody else is young. Yeah. And I, I don't think fatigue would be that big of an issue. It, it, it really wasn't an issue last year going into the postseason. The Thunder didn't lose the Jazz because they were tired. They had to play their way almost into that four spot last year, and they really had to turn it on in those last five or six games, and they certainly did. They didn't lose the Jazz because they were tired. I don't think fatigue's going to be that big of an issue, but it just tonight just really kind of showcased how, like I said, this team is so schizophrenic. They're, they're, <laughs> they look terrible for a while <laughs> um, for this last stretch, and now I guess they're kings of the world. They beat Toronto on the road. That's honestly my favorite like adjective that we've used for this team right now. They are a schizophrenic team because, I mean, you're not wrong. I think that... Uh, they kind of just got in, I, I, and I'm just like kind of speculating when I say this, but I feel like this team kind of got in a mindset where they felt like what they had to do to win games was something that they weren't entirely capable of doing. And that was shooting a lot of shots from beyond the arc. That was uh, just doing a lot of weird, like fancy trick passes, like really relying on guys who probably shouldn't be shooting right now because they really weren't on. And I think that's just kind of where they found a lot of comfort. And that's why they just were not very successful after the All-Star break. I felt like the dynamic was a little broken up. And so, I mean, that's going to happen to teams. It's not the most unusual thing to happen for the Thunder because I, I think we've seen them go-, go through a lot weirder things. But I don't know. It just, it just didn't seem like this team had 
any idea of like the right thing to do to pick up wins, to do what they needed to do to keep going and be successful, to stay really comfortable and maybe like that four seed, even that five seed, maybe even the three seed, who knows? But I mean, honestly, them falling back to the eight seed is really what took a lot of people by surprise. And I think that it was just because of their, just their lack of energy out on the court. And I don't really want to say that because they did play at a very high energy and some of those really bad losses, but it was just, it wasn't enough. And so you kind of have to figure out like what you're going to have to do to pick it up even more, especially on this end stretch as the postseason is legit knocking on your back door. You're going to have to figure out something. And I mean, I think tonight they finally did. It just took them a first half of kind of falling down. I don't know, falling back by what 13. So they kind of just had to figure something out. And when they did, all the strings like kind of attached again, you know? They look like the same team again. Yay! Imagine that! In order to get that win, though, and in most cases, in order to win most games, you have to have a kick-ass possession of the game. (laughs) I'm so uncomfortable. Oh, yeah! Oh, yeah! (laughs) On On the Fox Sports telecast, I just looked up right when the riff kicked in. And Billy was like kind of smirking and biting his lower lip. <laughs> Billy looks like he was trying I, to choke himself. I guess he he must have an earbud in listening to the post game show right now. He's like, "Oh yeah, it's Brady Trath's kick ass possession oh, yeah. of the game time." I love this song. He's probably like, "Hang on, Pinto. Like, I I need to talk about this real quick." I think you know for this you you can pick a handful of like Dennis Schroeder um, possessions in the second half. There was one in particular that jumped out at me where. Uh, Schroeder just kind of navigated the pick and roll, dribbled around the defense, and then um, cut back to the basket, and then just immediately threw it with his left left hand to Jeremy Grant all alone in the corner, and he na- buries the three. Just a great play, but really, I thought this game was probably won on this possession, and it was uh, was six minutes and 30 seconds left on the fourth. Uh, OG and Anubi goes to the rim, and it looks like, okay, it's going to just be an easy two-handed slam, and Russell just swatted the crap out of it. <laughs> And it leads to a, then it leads to a three-on-one fast break, which Nate and I actually kind of laughed after the fact because, you know, Paul has the ball in the middle of the floor and he's dribbling. Russell kind of fans out to the left, but not to the three-point line, so he's fairly close and could cut to the rim where the defender isn't. Paul instead passes it to Jeremy Grant to the right, who is well defended, but Grant, you know, he does this. He just does this. He mm-hmm. can finish and contort his body and finish with the best of them. And he finished um, off the um, the fast break point opportunity. So at that point, it was a tight game. I think the Thunder were ahead by five, and that pushed it back up to seven. And it just kind of continued that momentum of uh, fast pace, um, getting out on the on the break, uh, forcing turnovers, uh, timely um, for timely forcing of turnovers. That is which has been the Thunder's identity all year except for this, these last two, three weeks. And so just because of that, that's my kick-ass possession of the game. I like it. And my kick-ass possession of the game is actually going to come a little bit earlier. It was in the third quarter at the 150 mark. And um, it's kind of weird that I'm giving it to this person because we haven't said a single word about him. Uh, but it, it's going to go to Markeith Morris because, not because he has my last name. Um, I'm a little biased. Yeah, it is. He's your brother. Yeah, we're actually separated. But, um, yeah, so... This kind of, like I said, it happened at the 150 marker of the third quarter, and it was when Pascal Siakam had an offensive foul on Paul George, and he kind of shoved Paul with his left arm, causing Paul to fall down. And it was just, that was kind of when Toronto fans started to get really angry at the refs, because this is when a lot of calls started going in favor of the Thunder. And I'm not even going to touch that, because people are just going to get mad. But Markeith Morris was able to get the ball, 
And he was able to bury a three. I think that was his only three or maybe his first three of the night. But it came after Terrence Ferguson was able to hit a three of his own. So it was back-to-back threes for the Thunder. And this put the Raptors up by only one. And it made it 79-78. And this kind of sparked the Thunder run with another Thunder bucket. I think it was Dennis who made this. And then Terrence Ferguson was actually able to make another three after Dennis made that. And it just finally pushed the Thunder ahead for... Oh gosh, like the first time since the first quarter. And so it was just, it was huge. The Thunder were up 83-79 with 32 seconds left in the third quarter. And they were able to finish at, I think, 83-80. So that was just really big. I really felt like that fueled the fire for the Thunder to have the success that they did in the fourth quarter, just because they finally found their shooting range. They finally caught fire on offense. And that was a big opportunity for not only just like one guy to make a lot of key plays, but guys like Terrence Ferguson, Markeith Morris, Dennis Schroeder. And then that just like set up Paul George and Russell Westbrook to have the quarter they did. So it was almost like a big team effort kind of thing. And I felt like it was really sparked by Terrence Ferguson and Markeith Morris. Yeah. And as much, as much, you know, I guess, play that the um, offensive output is going to get tonight. And rightfully so. The Thunder were just incredible from the three-point line. Uh, it's kind of worrisome just because they aren't a very good three-point shooting team. You don't want them to become reliant on that uh, moving forward. But it, it kind of... I'm. I was a little kind of cautious about it going into the show right now, right after the game. But the more and more I get um, away from the actual end of the game, the Thunder just needed a win. And however they got it, especially against a really good opponent in Toronto, however they got it, it really doesn't matter. They just needed something positive to hang their hat on. And because I think, what was it after the Miami loss? um, I put out, I asked Paul in the locker room about, um, I, I asked him something. I can't remember exactly, but his quote was, you know, we're doing the things that we're supposed to do. We're just not winning games. And a lot of people would kind of jumped on that and thought, what do you mean? Like, because the Thunder are not, they weren't just losing these games. They were getting run in some, in some aspects. Um, th- but there is some credence to what Paul said, because, you know, they would, they would take care of one thing. They would, they would take care of um, defending the three-point line from their opponent one game, but then they would foul too much. Or the next game, they would overcorrect, not foul as much, but then because of that, they don't force as many turnovers, and then they're not as good of an offensive team. So it felt like tonight they were finally able to put a lot of things together in a positive way, uh, resulting in a win. So um, it's just been it's been kind of hard to watch. And you know, for the Thunder, I'm just... Uh, <laughs> I mean, good for them. They definitely, I mean, we will probably say this a zillion times. They definitely needed this win, but yeah, it, like we said, any one of those possessions in the second half probably was, was, would result in a kick-ass possession of the game for me, either one of us. So, um, just great effort from the thunder in the second half. Um, but about Markeith Morris, because we actually had another tweet from, uh, Miss Melinda, R- uh, Redman. Describe what Morris brings to the Thunder. Our play since his addition has been lackluster, not his faults in in brackets. But how can we beat? How can we best use his talents to the best benefit? Um, I, I was I'm kind of writing about this on thefranchiseok.com, kind of mentioning Markeith Morris's addition to the team. It does take some time, Madison, to acclimate somebody, and I think for a time that did negatively affect the Thunder. I think we're well past that now. Um, for Morris which he was a part of your kick-ass possession of the game tonight. For Morris, he needs to do more because he's playing over Patrick Patterson, who, as of right now, is almost unplayable. He's not athletic enough. He can't stretch the floor like Thunder fans thought he could when the Thunder initially signed him last offseason. Um, 
Mark Markeith needs to bring more. I think he's capable. I think his ceiling is higher than, of course, Patrick Patterson's. Um, he does bring some toughness on the defensive end, but um, yeah, outside of that shot, it's you know I kind of found myself going. He he's not bringing anything to this game right now, especially in that first half. Yeah, no, and I agree. I mean, I think Markeith Morris has a lot of potential to really add to the other four guys on the floor for the Thunder. I just think right now he kind of looks like. And I hate that I'm about to compare him to this, but it's almost like he looks like a, like a lost puppy just because he doesn't exactly have a set place where he is dominant at. He has gotten a little bit more confident on shooting because he has started to make some really crucial and timely threes for, uh, for the Thunder, but he hasn't exactly contributed that much on defense. He hasn't really made any kind of key plays. He really hasn't. Uh, been like a stop that the Thunder need. He hasn't been a powerful force. And honestly, I know that people may disagree with me when I say this, but Patrick Patterson actually was able to kind of do that kind of stuff uh, when he wasn't being that great on offense. I mean, that was a given. He really wasn't all that great, but he was actually able to make some pretty good stops on the defensive end. Right now, Markeith Morris kind of looks like a lost puppy at times, but I think that's just kind of, I mean, he looks very far from a puppy, but he just kind of has like that deer in headlights type of thing, and I think he's really trying to learn, you know, where Russell wants him on the floor, where Paul needs him on the floor, um, if he's in there for, I mean, he subbed Steven Adams out a couple of times because really Nerlens Noel didn't play that much tonight, but I mean... Markeith Morris, I think, is still really learning his place. I think they're trying to put him into different places to see how he's going to perform. And, I, I mean, I think it's working, but I think he just needs a little bit more of a push and maybe to just take a couple more shots, take a couple more plays, and really just gain a little bit more confidence out there. 107.7 The Franchise, 107.9 in Tulsa. You are listening to the Thunder First Take post game show with Madison Morris, Brady Trantham, Nate Baldwin uh, behind the glass. Uh, when we get back, we're going to talk, we're going to highlight something that we usually don't get to talk about on the Thunder First Take post game show, and that's Russell Westbrook's defense because he played some good defense tonight. It was, uh, I, what? What What happened? What? I know. Um, but yeah, we're going to talk about that. We'll take you around the association because some guy with a big beard scored a lot of points tonight in the NBA. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. We've got a stat cat or two, I believe. So everybody get your ears ready for the piercing noise. That is the stat cat segment. Uh, but yeah, all that's coming up next on the next few segments. You are listening to 107.7, the franchise 107.9 in Tulsa. Welcome back to the Oklahoma City Thunder First Take Thunder Post Game Show, presented by TotallyTickets.com on 1077 The Franchise and 1079 The Franchise Tulsa. 1077 The Franchise, 1079 in Tulsa. This is the Thunder First Take Post Game Show. The Thunder defeat Toronto 116 to 109 in Toronto, in the country of Canada. That still blows my mind. <laughs> Canada is a different country, Madison. <laughs> it blows my mind. I was telling Brady uh, as soon as I got here tonight that the fact that Canada is... R- okay, I'm going to sound so ignorant when I say this. The fact that Canada is right above the United States and like the people there speak our language, look the exact same as us, but they're not considered American, Like it blows my freaking mind. Kind of English. Kind of English, yeah. It's like, broke, not broken, but like... They have like weird little a eh? like you know. A large portion of this country also speaks Spanish, and then Mexico is just right there. And, I know, but it's like, and, and Cuba. See, I totally get like Mexico, but then like Canada just like freaks me out. Canada <laughs> weirds me out. I think it's so cool, but I'm just like Canada. Too cold for my taking. 
I really want to go, but cold. what the heck is I'm, Canada? I'm, I'm enjoying this lovely spring Oklahoma weather right now. It's Me so too. awesome. That's fantastic. Um, that is Madison Morris. I am Brady Trantham. With your geography lesson <laughs> of the day. Nate, you know, good thing John Hamm isn't here. Nate Bowen <laughs> beh- um, behind the glass. Uh, really quick, uh, David at Sooner DM. Don't ask me about the OU score because this is, a, this is a Thunder postgame show. I'm sure if you've listened to the franchise all day because we do great coverage of not just the Oklahoma City Thunder, but of course, OU football, OU basketball, OU sports, OSU football. Yeah, I guess from time to time, Madison. Just kidding. Ouch. We, we love our OSU. <laughs> we love our OSU friends. Um, I'm sure. Uh, yes. OU destroyed Ole Miss. And that was great. I had a lot of fun waking up watching that one. Um, but tonight with the Thunder... Um, Madison, I believe you have some Pascal Siakam numbers for us. Pascal Siakam, who, um, which is a Cameroonian for best NBA player <laughs> of all time. Uh, Jerry Ramsey's favorite player in the NBA. Um, um, I, I don't want to really jump on the bandwagon with him, but after seeing him in person for the first time on Wednesday and then seeing him tonight in the first half, the guy is incredible. He has incredible con- bo- um, body control. He can just maneuver and manipulate the def- his defender uh, just off of one pivot foot, and it's, he's just so good. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm so excited to see how he can develop in the league. But um, first half, he was he was on fire. Yes. Second half, there were some adjustments made. Russell Westbrook was primarily on him, especially late. And uh, just give me the first the um, half breakdown for Siakam. Okay, so Pascal Siakam tonight, in the first half, he had 13 points with 6 of 7 shooting. Uh, the second half, he had 12 points, 3 of 7 shooting, finished with 25 total, 9 of 14 from the floor, 2 of 3 from the 3-point line, shot 100% at the free, th- or sorry, at the 3-point line, but shot 100% at the free throw line. I mean, I agree with Brady, like, he is an athlete. <sighs> Yeah, I mean Siakam's awesome, but um, I mean just credit to the Thunder f- to be uh, for being able to just adjust. And it wasn't always Russell. I mean Jeremy Grant, of course, was had the brunt of Siakam, and he had a he had a tough time with him on Wednesday. I mean Siakam didn't really do that much on Wednesday night from uh, the perimeter. He was doing everything under the rim and on the baseline, and Grant just could not adjust to it. Tonight, he had a little bit of a better time shutting that down, but Siakam got a little hot from the perimeter tonight, especially in the first half, and Grant kept fouling him. He didn't really understand. He couldn't really figure out how to keep him, keep Siakam in front of him without fouling him. And, of course, Jeremy Grant fouls out with about, what, five, six minutes yeah, after like the game. Yeah, six minutes Yeah, left. the it game was, was still in oof. doubt, and it was a big loss at the time because Grant had a he had a career high, really quick before we get into other things, he had a career high five made threes tonight, seven of 14 from the floor, 19 points, three rebounds, two assists. Um, another good game for him after a very disappointing game for him individually on Wednesday. But um, Russell Westbrook, that defense in that fourth quarter, it was kind of similar to, I keep going back to that Houston Houston game from last season when the Thunder needed that win late in the year, and Russell just absolutely, he took on James Harden uh, going into his MVP season. He took on James Harden, that one-on-one matchup late in the game, shut down James Harden. The Thunder got a big win on the road. Kind of reminded me of that, but um, yeah, just when Russell is locked in like that on defense and he can score like he's able to, he reminds everybody, yeah, he's still one of the best players on earth. Oh, he definitely reminds it. He's very vocal out there. But, I mean, yeah, just really good game from Russell Westbrook. I mean, I, I don't know, just everything that we've talked about. Pascal Siakam, uh, guys like Russell Westbrook really taking matters into their own hands again. I mean, Russell was just a force to be re- uh, reckoned with tonight. I mean, 
he only picked up what 18 points but still it was it, it it's not really like Russell is a player who has to score like 30 plus points in a night to actually be a loud and successful player I mean he there was one game he did pick up a triple double tonight but there was another game he picked up a triple double and I think he only had like 12 points and it's mm-hmm. it's not even it doesn't matter like as he disperses them throughout the game it's kind of how he ends it and that's when he goes on his runs that's what he did tonight and that's why he was kind of I mean, he was. He was basically like the team leader once again. Yeah, Westbrook with his 132nd triple-double of his career. What? That's a lot of triple-doubles. That's a lot of triple-doubles, um, people. There were a lot of points scored tonight in the NBA, specifically by somebody I just mentioned, James Harden. Uh, but, Nate, why don't you take us around the NBA, and we'll talk about that for a few seconds. All right, yeah, like you said... James Harden dropped a 60-burger, 61 points in the win over the Spurs in Houston, 111-105. to that, that dude, that is a dude that understands there's not a lot of games left, and Giannis is the MVP in the eyes of many, and he's trying to do, hey, remember what I did last? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah trying to make a lasting he's, little impression. He's going to score all the points. Two and a half minutes left in Milwaukee. Milwaukee's got this one pretty much all wrapped up, 108-85. to Giannis with 27 points, 8 rebounds. Magic Grizzlies, 123-119, Orlando. Valachunas, 23 points, 24 rebounds, though, in a losing effort. That's pretty good. Clippers over the Cavs in Cleveland, 110-108. Nuggets over the Knicks in New York, 111-93, as Jokic had 21 points, 17 rebounds. Nets and Lakers just tipped off, so they're about, like, what, seven and a half minutes left in the first 10-8 net, so... That'll be your late game for the evening. Yeah, the games that really kind of concern the Thunder are, I'm sure a lot of Thunder fans are probably rooting for James Harden to keep scoring, keep scoring, because did against the Spurs. The Spurs were going into tonight tied with Oklahoma City in the uh, win-loss record. Um, the Thunder now at 43-30 and 30 are one game ahead of the Spurs, who are 42-30. and 30. They dropped down to eight. The Thunder is still at the five spot. Portland is off tonight. Um, the Thunder, of course, have the tiebreaker over Portland having swept them this year, so Portland will technically have to win one more game than the Thunder if they want to have a higher seed. Um, but yeah, as of right now, the playoffs started tomorrow. It'd be Thunder Portland, and oh, that would be so much fun. That would be fun. I could definitely go for a Thunder Portland uh, first round matchup. Except I'm going to have to drink a lot of coffee for that one. Gotta yeah, love the West everybody. Coast. Yeah, it's starting to look like everyone's going to have to get ready for the uh, 9:30 tip offs once we get into April. Uh, but you know what, basketball, no matter if it's in in the morning, you in the afternoon. Sleep. I mean, I woke up to watch o- Oklahoma play Ole Miss. That was fun. The tournament's a lot of fun. Um, 9.30 tip-offs, they're annoying for us, Madison. I'm sure they're annoying <laughs> for the players, too, to some respect. But, yeah. Oh, come on. Some 7 o'clock ones would oh, hurt. I love 7 o'clock tips. Well, but, the Thunder uh, have to keep winning. They need, they, that's true. The farther they get, the more likely they are to play some primetime games. That is true. That is true. But that would be a good matchup. I just think that, I mean, it's not too chippy between the Thunder and Portland right now. Um, I mean, it's a good matchup. It's a good kind of like fuse that the those two have just because you know when the, these two teams meet on the court you guys are they have guys like Damian Lillard and going up against Russell Westbrook that's just a good matchup already uh obviously CJ McCollum lights them up from the three-point line every time they play each other uh and then I mean I say this every time but uh Portland's not too bad to look at so I'll watch that game <laughs> why is that why is that please tell me Madison uh, and for those that are unaware initiate 
I mean, <laughs> I'm a lady, so I can say it, but they have some I'm a man, and I can say players. it. They're, they're a handsome bunch. They are a handsome they're... group of fellas, but no, I'm just I wish I wish I looked like Myers Leonard. Honestly, I'm not <laughs> kidding at all, but I just, I, I think that would be a really good game to watch just because, I mean, when... Yeah, it would. Yeah, Nate agrees. <laughs> when the Trailblazers come face-to-face with the Thunder, it's just good basketball because I think it brings out the competitive side in both of those teams just because they have the dire need to beat each other. So I, I think that would just be a really good matchup. I mean, obviously, there are some other matchups in the Western Conference that, that would be great. But, uh, I mean, I mean personally, I'd like to see this team make it out of the first round, just kind of see how far they can go, see how far they can stretch their talent. But I don't know. I guess time will tell. Really quick, let's get the stat cat out of the way before we uh, finish off this here show. What's new, pussycat? Whoa, 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 What's new, pussycat? Don't worry, if you're allergic to cats, you can still listen to this. I'm allergic to cats, and I have to do the segment. Yeah, it's unfortunate. So sorry for me. Well, what game was it Monday or Wednesday when the Thunder fans were booing the cat? halftime show oh that i was believe that, that was monday against the heat no yeah. was, or was it saturday it was saturday was it yeah, the yeah i game? did that i did that game it was right it was saturday because yeah, okay. miami i was sitting in 103 to go see Dwayne wade one last time oh, and You're guess what choose. he was vintage Dwayne wade and it was <laughs> awesome um yeah stat cat for me let's see uh the 20 made threes for the thunder tonight the second most this season they hit 22 in a loss at home to the LeBron Jamesless Los Angeles Lakers. The last time the Lakers looked actually kind of okay, and hey, they're going to make the playoffs, you know, and they're going to be sneaky because they have LeBron James. Uh, since then, the Lakers have just fallen off a map, off the map, off a map, off all the maps, off all the maps. Yeah, um, but yeah, twenty made threes for the Thunder tonight, really good. And like I said, I don't really care how they got this win. They they just they needed it. Mm-hmm. But moving forward, there is always the fear that this team is too reliant on three-point shooting, and it has bit them in this bad stretch. Like, they they will just settle for bad threes. And bad threes, you know, even if they're open, if it's a Russell Westbrook open three, that's kind of a bad three because he's not a very good three-point shooter. Same thing with Dennis Schroeder. But they dropped tonight, so that's all that really matters is the result, and that's the uh, dub. Yeah, no, Brady and I always, <laughs> I laugh at this every time, but anytime Russell Westbrook posts up for a three, we're always like, oh no, here it comes. So, I mean, yeah, I agree with that. My stat cap for the night um, is the fact that the Thunder only turned the ball over 12 times compared to Toronto's 21 turnovers. Yeah, exactly. That's they, big. That's that's. Thunder basketball from a month and a half ago, month two exactly. months ago. It was you forced turnovers, and the bad thing for them in the first half is, you know, they they were trailing the entire first half. They would have been in a much better spot if they had converted a lot of those turnovers because right. I think at one point they had forced seventeen turnovers and only had sixteen points off those turnovers. <laughs> so there were a handful of those forced turnovers where they would get the ball back and then they would fumble the ball out of bounds or get it stolen from Kawhi or Pascal. Um, it was just really slapping the first half, but they were really able to fine tune it in the second half with those adjustments and Russell just being the, the incredible force of nature that he is. I mean, yeah, like I said it during the game, you know, his effort, his energy, it makes me sore watching it. I'm just like, Oh my 
goodness how is he able to do that i'm sitting there yawning the entire time watching russell and i'm just like why why am i getting more and more tired the more energetic russell westbrook gets how like how does that possibly work yeah it was was a good russell westbrook game it was and he only had three turnovers tonight guys that's kind of big for russell because yeah i think a lot of people put some grief on him a night pretty much is the norm i'm pretty what he had um gosh what is day friday so wednesday night he had like eight turnovers against toronto which makes a little bit of sense just because he is the primary Ball, or the primary ball handler. So yeah, guys like Russell Westbrook who touch the ball more often, they're going to turn the ball over. And just because he is trying to set up a lot of plays, um, if the defense is real strong, then yeah, Russell Westbrook is going to get the fault for this turnover. So that's why he has like six, seven, eight a night. He only had three tonight and he still did lead the Thunder with turnovers. But I mean, Paul George had two. Uh, Jeremy Grant had two. Dennis Schroeder had two. Steven Adams has one. I mean, that's that's to be expected. It's really not out of the ordinary, but the fact that Russell Westbrook could keep his number down to three tonight, I'm going to go ahead and applaud Mr. Westbrook for that. It was just great ball movement. It was. The Thunder took care of the ball, like you said, Madison. They moved the ball with purpose. Uh, Guys hit shots in rhythm. It was that. That is what that second half of the Thunder. That's what you want to see. That's the type of team that a lot of people thought were going to walk into the postseason as one of the few teams that could absolutely challenge the Golden State Warriors. So, uh, but in addition to that, and my kind of worry of you know them maybe being too reliant on three point shooting, this team still has a little bit of a problem with fouling. But um, like I said, I was I'm writing about this, so hopefully it'll go up in the next few days. I need to get a few more quotes, so got to wait for the team to come back. Um, that's kind of the double edged sword that they play with. I mean, they're a gambling team, especially on defense. And when you gamble a lot, you go for those steals. You try to go for deflections. You're going to hit guys. And it feels like in this 15 game stretch where they've lost a lot of games, those little micrometers of like the difference between getting a deflection or getting a foul, they've been getting more fouls more so than deflections. And they've just been so unlike themselves. So if they're able to kind of flip that switch and get back to what they were doing defensively, especially in this second half moving forward, you got to like your chances in a lot of these games, even though a lot of them are tough. A lot of them are at home. The Thunder are still good at home, despite having a um, three-game losing streak in Oklahoma City so far right now. But, uh, yeah, that'll kind of wrap it up, I guess, here um, from the franchise studios. The Thunder defeat Toronto 116-109. to 109. Uh, But before we get out of here, Nate, I believe you have one more hockey little trivia tidbit for me because I just need it. I need it in my veins. Let us know, yeah, Nate. Yeah, it's a uh, little Wayne Gretzky stat of the day here. Uh, he holds like 61 records overall. He holds the record for most goals, most assists, and most points, which is goals plus assists. If you take away all of his goals, which is 1,016 goals, he still winds up with 2,222 points, which is his assist. He still owns the record for most points. The second place is Gordy Howe, otherwise known as Mr. Hockey, has 2,010 points, which is goals and assists. So we have a Mr. Hawk. We have a Mr. Hockey and a Mr. Thunder. Yes. Who would who would win in a staring contest? I'm gonna choose Mr. Hockey because yeah. hockey players are no freaking joke, guys. <laughs> I'm going with a Gordy Howe. He has his own hat trick. It's where you score a goal, score an assist, and then get in a fight. Oh, uh, I thought That's it was amazing. What, I thought it was when you pull a rabbit out of your hat. Nope, out oh. of your head. I thought oh. he was just gonna like 
like tosses hat up and it lands on his head like really well or something. What do no, I know? Just scores a scores a little bingo, gets an apple, and gets in a little tilly. We can't talk about a Raptors. I don't know any of these words. We can't talk about a Raptors game without some hockey trivia. <laughs> I mean, obviously, it is Canada. It is Canada. Shout out, shout out to our listeners in Canada. I'm, I know there are millions of you out there. <laughs> um, but yeah, that'll wrap it up here for the Thunder First Take post game show. Uh, OKC82 podcast once again. Uh, Madison and I do a podcast after every single Thunder game, home and away. Um, we enjoy doing it. Um, we're on episodes. This is episode 73 or yeah, 70, something like that. Is it 73 or 74? I can't remember. Um, but yeah, subscribe count. to that iTunes, Google play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, just type in OKC 82. And if you have a Twitter account, um, Madison and I always, we have a next question segment at the end of the show where we answer all your questions on the podcast. So stay tuned for that. Subscribe to all that and we will appreciate it. But once again, thank you so much for listening to 107.7, the franchise 107.9 in Tulsa for Miss Madison Morris. I'm Brady Trantham for Mr. Nate Baldwin. This has been the Thunder First Take post game show.